Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm George Lizos, spiritual teacher, psychic killer, and number one best-selling author. It wasn't long ago that I was stuck in a soul-draining job held back by fears and limiting beliefs that stopped me from following my purpose and making a positive impact in the world. Fast forward past many hours of inner work and lessons learned, I now write books and teach courses to help you find and follow your purpose too. I created the Lit Up Lightworker podcast to empower you with simple, actionable, step-by-step spiritual tools and practices to overcome what holds you back and light up the world. If you're a spiritual seeker yearning for a more soulful and purposeful life, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Lightworker, welcome to another episode of the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before we get started with today's episode, let me remind you that my third book, Protect Your Light, a practical guide to energy protection, cleansing, and cutting cords, is now available to order globally on Amazon. In the book, you'll learn powerful practices to cleanse, shield, and strengthen your energy. Specifically, you'll get to cut cords to toxic relationships, remove psychic daggers of attack and other negative energy attachments, and even learn how to effectively protect your energy online. When you get the book, you also get the Psychic Scanning Online Workshop for free, during which I'll guide you to turn on your psychic vision and scan your body for all types of energy attack so you can clear them. And you can visit protectyourlightbook.com to get all the details. Also, be sure to download one of my free guides in the description of this episode that will help guide your spiritual journey. You'll find guides on finding your purpose, developing your intuition, and protecting your energy. Lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe and leave me a five-star review, as that's going to be so helpful to letting others discover it too. In today's episode, we're talking about the spiritual awakening journey. And I want to start by sharing a story, a conversation that I've had with my aunt a few years ago. I had just spent 15 minutes excitedly telling my aunt about my latest spiritual epiphany. And her response was, when do you think you'll finally settle on what you believe in? And I was completely flabbergasted. You see, I'd taken the spiritual awakening journey for granted and had forgotten that the majority of the world just chose to live in blissful denial of spiritual truths. And here's how the conversation continued. I asked her, when have you settled on your spiritual beliefs? Her, I've always been Christian. Me, and how did you go about deciding to be that? Her, silence. Me, did you explore and compare different spiritual paths to see which one works best for you? Her, silence. Me, I see. Now, here's the truth. We all have our personal spiritual journey that spans lifetimes. Whether we consciously trigger it or not in this lifetime, life will eventually lead us to it one way or another, whether in this lifetime or in a future lifetime. That being said, I believe that we can speed up our spiritual awakening journey if we want to. 
we increasingly have access to more tools, practices, and knowledge that can help us deepen our spiritual connection, awaken our gifts, and live a more fulfilled and divinely guided life. My personal journey started when I was 15 years old, and since then my spiritual beliefs have continuously evolved and will probably still do. In this episode of the podcast, I chat with Vipul Basania about kickstarting and navigating our spiritual awakening journey. Specifically, in this episode, you'll learn what the spiritual awakening signs and symptoms are, how to find the right teacher for you, ways of awakening your gifts, and self-care practices while you're going through your spiritual awakening journey. When you're done listening to the episode, make sure to come within your Spiritual Toolkit Facebook group and let us know how you enjoyed it. Enjoy this episode with Vipul Basania. Vipul Basania is the host of the Know Your Legacy podcast and author of a poetry book called Searching in Silence. As a coach and healer, he connects with people on an authentic level by creating conversations that invite us to go beneath the surface of the day-to-day reality. He creates space for souls to find alignment with who they really are. Vipul, it's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. And that was beautifully read. Thanks, George. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to have you here to chat about something that I haven't chatted before on my podcast or anywhere really, but everybody's thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. So let's just dive into it. We're talking about spiritual awakening but before we get into the juicy stuff i want to hear a little bit about your story of how your spiritual awakening unfolded and brought you to where you are right now so i think they both go hand in hand right like spiritual awakening and my journey is almost two in one you can't have one without the other i feel now as i'm retelling the story and connecting the dots that's what it's beginning to feel like it's one and the same so I, i just want to i guess preface by talking a little bit about what is spiritual awakening. So as I was thinking about this topic, because I know we're going to have this conversation, I was like, what actually is it for people that are... That was uh, actually my my second question. So let's just dive into it because it makes a lot of sense. Exactly, yeah. So to to, to build the foundation, for me, what spiritual awakening is, is having this sense that you're something beyond just your body and the day-to-day happenings of your life. You think there's something just beyond that. And as you start to feel into it, you realize that there's an interconnectedness between everything. And what that looks like is different for everyone based on the questions you begin to ask now, like what is possible for your life, for your career? What does this mean? What does that mean? And everyone is in a different situation. So the questions and the answers will be slightly different. Hence, it takes different forms. But essentially, it's that, it's that feeling that there's something a bit more and you start to seek out something a bit further than your day-to-day. Um, so for me, I feel like that kind of began in 2012. So... 2012 the reason I say that is because I was in my I don't know how much detail we want to go into here but we could go on for hours but I was in my final year of university going into my final year of university then actually and I had this uh, health condition that had come out of almost nowhere it felt like and it was all all came at once I had like eczema and hives all over my body from head to toe Um, very uh, discomforting because I'd never faced any kind of health challenges before so it was a it was a first but as that was happening simultaneously whilst I was studying, I began to feel less passionate about what I was studying about. And I was like, well, actually, I'm studying law, but there's, there must be something a bit more than that. I know that this is not a career I'm going to follow. I've enjoyed studying it. But as I'm coming to the end of this cycle of studying, there's, there's something else that I'm searching for, something else that's a bit more satisfying. Um, 
beyond my profile or beyond my CV or beyond just having an experience to share with people. Like I need something that's a bit more soul satisfying, I guess. So whilst these two things were happening, I almost feel like now reflecting back, that was a death and a rebirth cycle physically because my skin was actually falling off and regrowing. But at the same time, mentally and psychologically, I was going through uh, a whole question and answer process with myself where I was seeking out answers that to, to questions that I was kind of uh, intuitively asking rather than it being asked by a teacher or a lecturer or by parents. These are questions that no one else were, was asking. So I was like, well, I got to find these answers myself. So that's how it kind of really began. And then so much has happened between then and where we are today. And I think what's very interesting about what you just said is you use the word beyond. And I think it perfectly captures what a spiritual awakening is. It's searching for something beyond what is, what I've known, what I've experienced, what I've been told I should be, who I've been told I should be, and how I've been told I should feel. And, and searching for something beyond the physical and searching into the spiritual. Which brings me to the question, we've defined what a spiritual awakening is, but what is spirituality like in the first place, because I feel that I'm talking with different people coming from different spiritual traditions and they all define spirituality in different ways. So I've always found that question very interesting. So from your perspective, what is spirituality and what is spirit? I feel like for me, it's, it's believing in the unseen and the unknown. And that's within ourselves and in the world around us. And it's difficult to define or to label because by by doing that you're automatically limited and everyone has a different definition of that because they're experiencing it subjectively so again the unknown and something that is like you said beyond um, and spirits for me it feels like it's something that resides within me but resides within everyone so if I begin to connect with the spirit that's in me or the light or the spark whatever you want to call it then automatically I begin to see that in other people um, and, and you begin to connect with people on a much deeper level, um, not just people, but animals, places, things, experiences, whatever it is, you realize that there's spirit in, in everything that you're doing, you, you're interacting with spirit. So then you go beyond interacting just at the surface level and you see people for who they really are. You see things for what they really are. And what I also love, by the way, a hundred percent agree with what you just said, but going back to your story, um, it's interesting that it was 12, 2012 for you. That was about a similar time that I was, I was also finishing university in Bristol and I had similar thoughts. I had this epiphany where I was like, you know what? I, I, I was going to go into musical theater school. That was a plan from geography to musical theater. I was preparing my entire like three years of university with tapping, acting classes, etc. And then I had this epiphany. Oh my God, I don't want to be a musical theater actor. I want to be a spiritual teacher. It was a very clear image and, and and knowing within me that happened like it was very similar to what you were describing things started just falling apart in a way but growing in a different direction which brings me to the question of what are the symptoms of spiritual awakening and the reason i'm asking this question in that way is because Usually before I create new YouTube videos, I do my research as to what people are searching for. And the number one question that keeps coming up is symptoms of spiritual awakening. And I never thought about it that way. I'm like, it's not a symptom. It's not a disease. <laughs> it's not an illness that there are symptoms of it. But I get it. Like, how do we know we're going through a spiritual awakening? So from your perspective, it was physical, it was emotional, it was mental. Could you elaborate a little bit as to what people should be looking for? But it may be different as well for, for each person. 
Yeah, definitely. I think it is very subjective. So there is no one one size fits all or one definition fits all. But I, I guess really the foundation of it is is questioning. You feel like you're not satisfied with where you are and you want something more. And I'm not talking about uh, I want to make more money or I want more material things. And those things are great as well, by the way, because we live in a 3D world. So those things need to be honored. But I'm saying it almost feels like in all directions, you're questioning relationships and your health and um, your belief in whatever it is, God, religion, blah, blah, blah. Um, the places that you want to travel, the friends, uh, the career that you want to have. So all of these things begin to be questioned around the same time um, in some way. And it's that feeling of wanting more from all of those areas and not really feeling satisfied with the answers that you're getting. So you begin to do the research yourself. And then that kind of sets you on the journey of being a truth seeker. And as you, as the time goes on, you begin to find bits of wisdom from different people, different places, different things, rather than it's this one, uh, at least for me, it's, it hasn't ever been just one religion or one person or one place. I've ended up watching loads of YouTube videos, lots of books, going to lots of places, spoken to lots of people, and there's wisdom in, 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 in everything. And so you end up realizing that your path becomes that of a truth seeker rather than labeling yourself as I'm, I'm this type of person or I'm this. Even calling yourself spiritual um, can, can limit your learning because that comes with certain connotations uh, based on what you think you should be because you're spiritual. That, will, that limits your growth as well because that can become more of an ego thing, right? And so you have to be very careful not to mix and get yourself attached to the tools um, of the things that you're trying to research um, or learn about and it kind of build your definition or your identity around those things. Like I'm someone who meditates or I'm someone who I'm a writer. I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual teacher. Those things are great, but don't, I, I wouldn't want to forget that the end goal is not any of those things. Those are stepping stones or tools along the way. The end goal is self-awareness self-realization interconnectedness with everything and everyone you know what 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 you're just sharing just communicated with me really strongly is that there is power in liminality there is power in being undefinable and just always as you said like truth seeking and not allowing a label to limit you or to limit your understanding or acceptance of what spirit is and as humans, we like compartmentalizing. And I can, I, I'm first person who, who likes compartmentalizing and labeling things and putting myself in boxes. I create my own boxes because it makes me feel safer. And I, I totally get it. But it's also important to know the place of what a label is and what a box is and what the truth is and understand your relationship to that. And I think that's what you're saying. Understanding, okay, it's a stepping stone, but it doesn't define me. Uh, which I think it's, it's, it's such a freeing way to, 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 a freeing way to be. And also, it allows for acceptance of, of the other, of people, and realizing that they are not the other that we're up against, but we all are essentially searching for the whole thing, searching for meaning, searching for love, in whichever pathway each one finds that. I think that's so beautiful. And now, those things yes. don't, don't have labels, right? Like, for example, love. Um, that doesn't have a label. You can put a face to it or a name to it or a certain billboard or a certain look to what love should be, but th there isn't. It's, it's very um, intangible in the sense that it, it can look a million different ways, but it feels only one way. So you have to come back to the, to the, um, to, to the feeling and the emotion. And that's, that's where we are all 
unanimous we're all the same we can connect at that level because emotion is emotion you know someone can feel judgment or shame or guilt i'm sure you felt that in your own way i felt that so at that point you connect with someone it doesn't matter if it's black white asian from the east or the west it, it will uh, hindu or muslim blah 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 when you come down and and kind of um ground yourself in emotion and in the things that don't necessarily have labels those are the places where you can connect a lot deeper yes our humanity connects us and i realized this from my own personal journey i went through so many different spiritual traditions i i was brought up christian then i became Wiccan, then i became a new ager and now recently i i became a priest to like hellenic polytheism paganism so and you know what as i look back retrospectively on all the different paths that i've been through i find common ground when it comes to the way they they feel source or they feel spirit or they relate to it. They may use different bells and whistles, but in essence, it's that feeling of oneness, that feeling of that vibration of love, joy, peace. It's all like very similar vibrational frequency. And they all have similar uh, perspectives as to how we relate to one another, which is which I found fascinating. And it keeps me wondering sometimes, why, do we, why is there so much strife and, and conflict between religions, between spiritual paths? Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> Absolutely. I've, I think of that as well. And I, I'm, not, I, I'm not really um, educated in like religion or theology, all those sorts of things. So I can't go into the details, but look, feeling into it from a high level, I do feel like we've been, become lost in the structure of it all and um, the codification and the rules and the instructions of how we should practice belief or faith. But essentially, like you said, we're all trying to feel into it in, in, in a similar way and connect to something that's beyond us. It may look different for everyone. Someone might need a statue. Someone might need a picture. Someone might need a building. Someone might not need anything. They can just you know, be in nature and, and have that feeling, right? So it's just about respecting all of that, regardless of what the outside looks like. 100%. Okay, my next question has to do with, okay, let's put away the rules that put away, put away the dogma. How do we go about our spiritual awakening? in our own way. Let's say someone is realizing right now I'm spiritually awakening and they were attracted to watch this uh, YouTube video or listen to this podcast. How do we start navigating it in a way that's personal to us? What are some guidelines you can give us? I think that's a really good question. Um, and But the key thing you said is personal to us. So each individual is going to feel into it slightly differently. But for me, um, talking from my experience, I kind of intuitively fell into what tools were the right ones for me. Um, and this includes journaling, um, doing deep work, emotionally healing, doing meditation, um, working with yoga and plant medicine. So those five things have really, uh, have really helped. Now, if someone's listening right now and any of those five things jump out, go, go ahead and, and research in your own way and you'll, you'll be drawn to the things that are right for you. But for me, they didn't all come at once either they came over time. So the first thing that was really, um, I guess, essential for, for, for my understanding and awakening was all of this information is being downloaded, all of these questions, all of these, some of the answers are also coming up as well, but none of it's clear because it's all like chaos going on inside me, right? So the first thing I did was get a journal out, get what is actually a Word document. And I started typing, I just typing, typing away everything that I was thinking and feeling. So I, at least I was offloading all this energy and I could see it in front of me now. Now it's becoming clear. What is all this chaos that's going on inside me? How can I make sense of it? And a lot of it was um, understanding where the questions were coming from um, in terms of 
things like what is my purpose is this meant for me what do these relationships mean right now where do i want to go next um who am i if i take away my religion or my identity or my place of birth and then you start to uncover some more questions or more answers but essentially it becomes almost like a, a di diary of exploration and i used to revisit that whenever i felt that feeling of i want to dive deep again so i put my headphones in listen to some to some music usually it would it would be like classical music or some type of instrumental again even the even the music playlist has evolved as my emotions or my intuition has evolved i've kind of been driven more toward a certain type of music rather than another type of music so all of these things are fluid and can change over time as well and you'll fall in and out of love with each of these tools. So it's not like just because you start journaling and you miss a day, you should beat yourself up because I've done that. And I'm like, oh, well, I thought I was going to stick to this. And I, you know, I missed a day of journaling. I should be doing it every day at 6 a.m., whatever. It doesn't matter. Just, just don't judge yourself. Just feel into it. When it feels like the right time to pull out that tool, use that tool, um, express your emotion, do a bit of discovery, and then put it away. And it might be 10 minutes or it might be an hour. And this goes for all of the five things that I said, right? Same thing with, the next thing is meditation. Um, meditation was, again, something I found difficult because I was like, do I do five minutes? Do I do one hour? Do I, what, what do I do? And how, how do you meditate? So many different ways. I feel like we overcomplicate everything. So to bring it back to basics, you have the wisdom within you to guide yourself on this journey. Other people, places, things, experiences will come along the way to help you. Just like in The Alchemist, he has um, omens to kind of guide him from time to time at certain points in the journey, we should also begin to have the trust in ourselves to actually we can, if we're feeling these emotions, we also have the answers. It may not come straight away, but we need the patience to listen to, to the intuition and then eventually we'll find the right stepping stone when it's time to find that stepping stone. So for meditation, just start it simple. Sit, sit quietly, could be with your eyes closed or open. Two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever feels right for you. But essentially it's a feeling of, just sitting peacefully and listening to the silence for however long you can do that. And as you begin to enjoy that, or you feel into it a bit more, you'll, you'll figure out, Oh, I want to do this half an hour. I want to do it twice a day, once a day, a few times a week. Um, the third thing that really kind of helped and catapulted me, I think the transformation, I know I'm going back and forth here, but the first thing I said was 2012. The next kind of transformation was around 2019 because it's all of these tools began to come together at that time. And in 2019, I'd already started journaling um, and doing some meditation from time to time. But the thing that really catapulted me was in 2019, I got involved with a mentor of mine who really took me deep into emotional healing. Um, so looking at like shame and guilt and judgment and my story up to those, up to those years leading into um, my childhood, teenage life, and then post-teenage life as well. And what, what did that all mean to me? And to kind of sit with that was very important because I think in this day and age, we move so quickly. It's a fast paced environment on our phone or work, family, friends. We don't take time to actually reflect on our story and what it means for us. What effect is that actually having in our lives? Um, there's many things that may or may not have happened to you that have affected you. And you don't realize that because you don't take the time to slow down. At least I didn't. So doing that, um, and that's an ongoing process, but doing that really opened my eyes to I guess the areas that I wasn't giving enough attention or giving too much attention to and beginning to heal those emotions or essentially that inner child, right? Those experiences that you go through that you never revisit because you feel like oh, I don't have time to revisit that. I want to suppress it. It doesn't feel good. So I want to push it away. Um, but then like kind of uh, side by side with that was 
plant medicine. I was drawn to ayahuasca in, in January 2019. I had this overwhelming feeling again to really explore this tradition and this plant medicine. And then of November of that year, I went to Peru and I spent uh, a week in, in, um, in the Amazon. And that was, again, very transformational in the sense that I didn't come away like, you know what, I figured out my life. It was very subtle. It, and I don't think that ever happens. You don't go to sleep and wake up one day and you realize that this tool has transformed your life, whatever it is. It, it happens over time. And you look back and you realize, actually, a lot has happened now over the last few months or years. But because there was so much inner, inner changes happening, again, I took my journal with me and I began to, to write or to feel into whatever was coming up. Because again, ayahuasca is um, just as journaling and meditation. It's a tool. Um, and it's there to unlock the parts of yourself or to connect you to the parts of yourself that were previously disconnected or unseen. And so you begin to feel emotions that you never felt before. You begin to think of questions that you never thought before. And so again, that, that was, that was amazing. And then the fifth thing um, is yoga, breathing and stretching, which we've talked about before. And I know that's something you're into as well, but again, just um, that's addressing the, the actual physical body, right? Realizing that I need to take care of this body and, start to listen to it and physically heal it, especially because of the expo and the hives, right? From a decade before, there was so much discomfort from all the cuts and the bruises that I had. I'd never really addressed where all the points of tension were and the blockages and energy were. I never even thought about that, but then it felt like the time is right to begin that process as well. So there's a lot there, but hope, hopefully that gives you some insight. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, and what I, two points out of all that you said that are really important, I think people will resonate as well, and I certainly did, is first of all, you, you talked about the chaos that you feel inside when we just download information and how overwhelming that can be. And people just awakening, just spiritual awakening, are probably feeling this sense of chaos and overwhelm because you download an epiphany of, of information and you don't know what to do with it. And 100% journaling is also my number one way of making sense of everything. I have a box next to me with my 18 journals since 2012, wow. actually, <laughs> filled in with all my dramas. I keep telling my, my friends sometimes, like when I, when, I, when I pass on, 
please take those journals and just write more books. <laughs> there is a lot there. Uh, but journaling is so important. But also um, what I, I was really happy that you mentioned is addressing all the different aspects of healing and realizing that the spiritual, a spiritual awakening is not the sensationalized spiritual entertainment of just having the crystals and the flower essences and just dressing in a certain way and doing meditations and using mantras. Yes, that's all that as well. And I'm the first person who will love my unicorn spirit guides and my flower essences and my crystals, etc. But it's also digging into the deep, unwanted parts of ourselves, the shadow self, the inner child healing that you talked about, dealing with dark emotions, with shame, with guilt. And I think this is something that people are not realizing a lot when they start their spiritual journey. They get excited. But then when they realize they have to do the work, they just go back to safety because the comfort zone is safer. The status quo is comfortable, but it's not necessarily fulfilling. So could you share a little bit more about uh, the importance of the inner healing and how that expressed with you and why it's so important when we're spiritually awakening? Like you said, there's different dimensions to, to us. And one of them is the emotional self. So you've got mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. And I think all of them need to be addressed in some way. And they all come together as one. It's it's one body that has different layers. And if you don't address um, what each, each one, then I think there'll be some kind of uh, block or hindrance at some point in your journey, which will then um, the universe or, or God or whatever you want to call it, source, will keep turning you back to the areas that you're not uh, addressing. And I think for me, intuitively, I felt into what the next, I was kind of sensing this is the next part of my healing. And it always showed up at the right time, even though it didn't make sense. And it was scary because I remember the first retreat that I went to in Ireland, um, I met my uh, I met my mentor the year before in 2018, and he invited me with a group of people to come out to Ireland to spend a week doing this deep work. So we put our phones away. We were staying in the west coast of Ireland, and I was there with 20 other strangers. And all of them, except two, were all kind of in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So I was like, everyone is experienced here. They have like kids and grandkids. What the hell am I doing here? Why am I here? I just, I felt very insignificant. I was like, I have no wisdom to share. I don't know what to talk to about with these people. Like it felt very awkward. And it was the first time I was trying to, trying to explore these emotions. And um, the reason I felt it was so important was because it kind of, as I was writing and journaling that week and having conversations with people about some of these things, it began to awaken a part of myself that I guess I'd forgotten or pushed, pushed aside. And until you rekindle that, um, that part of your story or those experiences in your life, you, you can't perform as one integrated whole human being. You, there's always a part of you that you're trying to suppress. And if you do that, then there's certain elements to your personality that can't shine because you're trying to hide. And so you're always living on a surface level, hoping that this part of you never shows up. But unless you're fully integrated, only then I felt like I was on the path to learning what unconditional love was for myself. Because up until that point, there was so much shame, guilt, um, and judgment around how I looked because of everything that happened in 2012. Like my skin got a lot darker. That changed my identity. Um, being bullied in school. Uh, not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life when everyone else was going off and becoming a lawyer. So all of these things, they stick to you. 
you can't just forget them just because oh it happened last week or a decade ago like you know life comes in the way and then you begin to forget about it because you keep yourself busy and even that by keeping yourself busy i realized life was moving so quickly for me i wasn't creating the space to slow down and why was that because i was scared that i'd remember all of these things that have happened and that was the case for everyone then you begin to realize it doesn't matter what age you are what part of the world you come from everyone was actually facing similar emotions and they were there to slow down yes to sit, sit with the store parts of their story which they did not want to integrate or didn't know how to integrate so everyone was scared of course it's a scary thing to go through it doesn't matter which part of the spiritual awakening you're you're in beginning middle i don't know if there is an end but i, I it just continues on I, I feel like it just continues on through each life but as time goes on you you become more comfortable with yourself but there's always parts that could be scary because you're reaching now to the edge of the next cliff and it's like well do, if you want to grow and learn more about yourself here's where you need to go next and then it's up to you you either stay where you are like you said or you decide actually i want to take this jump and this leap and see what what's on the other side or open that door and see what's on the other side um, and I feel like I've, I've taken those risks to see what is on that other side, albeit very scary, but it's in hindsight, it's definitely been worth it um, because it's allowed me to kind of be more, more self-aware. And by doing all of these things, what's the point of all of these things? Doing all of these things, you realize that you're on a soul journey and that is the journey that's most important because not only are you serving yourself at the highest level, you're serving everyone else in the way that you are meant to, the way that you were born to. Um, and if you choose not to take that path, that's, that's fine. I just kind of feel like for me, if I was to do that, there wouldn't really, there's no other option. Um, I would quickly become frustrated within days or weeks realizing I'm doing this job or this career or in this relationship, because I'm trying to hide away from the most important thing in my life that I'm supposed to be addressing. And then it may resurface as a midlife crisis or uh, whatever it is as a breakdown, whatever, but um, the things that you feel called to do, um, the calls to action, as Joseph Campbell says, um, those are the those are the times to really pick up the phone or to open the door and to find out what's on the other side. I love that you mentioned Joseph Campbell because uh, earlier, while you were talking about um, about essentially the hero's journey, that that metaphor came to mind of how we all are the heroes of our own journey and we have obstacles and we meet guides and supporting us with those obstacles until we eventually uh, find the outcome. I think it's a beautiful analogy to describe what the spiritual awakening and the spiritual path and humanity uh, is all about. And what I loved uh, when you talked about all the struggles and the limiting beliefs and the fears and the shadow when we start dealing with them sometimes we're not aware of them because because we've lived with them for so long, we normalize them. Because we see other people normalizing them, we think we're supposed to be this way. And that's how and that's why we keep ourselves stuck into these unfulfilling jobs, living unfulfilling lives, living in mediocrity, essentially, and affirming to ourselves that, you know what, everybody else is living in mediocrity. This must be what life is all about. So <laughs> I think part of the spiritual awakening is exactly that, realizing, you know what, maybe there are stuff there that I'm not aware of and maybe I need someone to guide me to see them. And which brings me to my next question, finding a guide because you found your mentor. He guided you through those steps to realize things that you took for granted or that you normalized or that you couldn't see. So what would be your guidance when it comes to choosing the right mentor? Because not everyone is the right mentor for everyone. 
No, so this is a great question because there's there's so much out there now, especially with social media, and people may have very good intentions, but it not everyone is going to speak to you. So I think b- before choosing who you want to follow or to uh, work with, I would say really tap into your own intuition, your own feeling, your own um, your own spirit. And by doing that, what what I simply mean is slow down so that you're aware enough of what makes you most excited. So to give an example of that is Philip McKernan is the mentor that I work with. I saw an interview of his back in 2015, before I even knew what deep work was or emotional work, whatever. He did an interview about the authentic self. That's what it was called. Um, And as he was speaking, there was something, there was something that was really drawing me more and more towards everything he was saying. I was like, wow, why has no one told me this before? Like he's explaining it in such a way that is speaking to me right now. Thousands of people may have watched that interview, but only a handful may have felt the way I was feeling. That's how I knew this person is someone that I need to be involved with in some shape or form. Now I didn't get introduced to him until three years later, but um, when I watched that interview, I was very aware of that feeling that this is someone who really knows their stuff. Um, and it's someone that I want to be able to learn from at some point. I'd be, um, I'd be really happy um, and it'd be amazing to work with someone like this who really understands. And then I forgot about it. I got involved in doing some online businesses. I was working in retail. And in 2018, again, I was drawn um, to an event called Thrive. I saw it advertised on Instagram and I was like, oh, entrepreneurs event, blah, blah, blah. And it was happening in Vegas. And I was like, this seems like a really cool crowd to be a part of. And there was thousands of people attending. I thought this would be a great way to expand my network, to meet more people, to get out of my comfort zone and travel that far. Um, Because I'd never traveled that far outside outside of of the UK before. Again, I had no reason to go. I I was going on my own as well. And I didn't have an end goal of I'm going to go there. I'm going to make sure this, 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 and this happens. It was simply, I was aware of that feeling again. So I booked the ticket. I went and what ended up happening was I realized once I got there that he was one of the speakers due to speak on stage on the second day. And I was really looking forward to it because I was like, Oh, I heard his interview a few years ago. Like I know what he's going to talk about and it's going to be mind blowing. Like can't wait to hear him speak live. Um, and there was, I think, 10 or 11 other speakers, all, all great, but I was really looking forward to hearing him. So he spoke. And then in the evening, I went out with a few friends who were showing me around in Vegas. And one of the guys told me, um, I actually have like a inner circle pass or whatever, so I can introduce you to him because I'm going to have dinner with him and a few other speakers. I was like, oh, cool. That'd be great. And then we went out, we had a few drinks and stuff. And then the, I think it got to about 2 a.m., and I was like, guys, I'm going to call it a night here. We have to wake up early for tomorrow's event, 9 a.m. So I'm going to go back to the hotel and go to sleep. So I did that. I woke up a little bit late. So I rushed to have a shower, went downstairs to get coffee. And the line was really long. So I was like, okay, well, I know there's another juice bar slash coffee bar at the end of the hotel. Let me just go there. So I ran down there. There was a line there as well. So I was like, oh, everyone's found out about this little spot that I, dis- I discovered. I was like, well, I've got 10 minutes. Shall I wait? Shall I not wait? Um, something told me to wait. So I just jumped in the queue and I took my phone out. I was just scrolling on emails and stuff. And I looked up and he was standing right in front of me in the queue. And I was like, this is the universe telling me that this is time to put my phone away. So I did, he turned around and we started talking and stuff and he offered to buy me coffee. We talked and then I told him that I'd love to have him on my podcast. So we exchanged details. We had the conversation a few months after that, recorded it. 
And because we'd connected so well in that conversation, he said, you know, there's something about you that I feel like we need to explore more. I'd love for you to be a part of this event, um, different to the one I described, but that this happened in January 2019. Um, and then in June of that year, June slash July, that was when the whole week retreat was happening. So he was like, I'd love for you to come out there. I just feel like your energy is needed and this would be beneficial to you. And there's going to be about 15, 20 other people there. And I didn't know anything else apart from that. That was it. I didn't know what we were going to cover, what what I was going to get out of it. I just, again, it was that feeling, I need to go and do this. And I didn't even have the money for it. I took out a loan, paid for the whole thing. And then I just went. And now I look back, I made some great friends who I'm still in touch with. Um, and they've introduced me to friends of friends who have become really good friends. I've learned more. I've connected more. I've discovered more of myself. So just what I've realized throughout this journey, the point I'm making is, be very hyper aware of what's making you excited and what you're drawn to, even if it's a tiny percentage more than the other thing that you've looked at just now, whatever you're most excited to feeling most excited towards is your soul guiding you in the right direction. Even if it doesn't make sense that day, that year or that month, follow it because the dots will connect eventually. Yes. Follow your bliss. I think that was another thing that Joseph Campbell said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's such a, a powerful piece of guidance. And what your story demonstrated is that when we are aware of our life purpose and when we spiritually awakening, awaken, the universe will, will rush in and support us. And you can't unknow something you already know. Yeah. So you can't go back. Once you know, you know. <laughs> and you have to show up. You have to do the work. Because I've tried many times to quit and I could not. The universe would come in and just put me back into the, the stage, put me back on Instagram, etc. So, and from my own experience as well, all the mentors that I've worked with, it was this sense of excitement. Like, oh my God, I, I need to do this course. I need to work with this person. And of course, I've never been disappointed to follow my bliss, to follow that, uh, that excitement. Oh my goodness, people, I feel like I could, we could talk for hours. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I, as we bring this interview to a close, I want you to talk a little bit about your, your poetry book, Searching in Silence. What was the inspiration behind writing that? What people can get from that and how can people get it? I appreciate you asking that because um, I'm really proud of that work and I still feel surreal that a piece of work is out there and is published. But um, that work was really born out of everything we've just spoken about, honestly speaking, um, 2012 to 2019, were very transformative because everything I just described happened, majority of it happened in that period. And then when 2020 happened, we went into kind of lockdown um, and we had a, had a lot more time to just slow down and to reflect. And so I got this urge, again, that feeling, right? Um, got this feeling to reflect on all the journaling notes I'd made. Um, through the plant medicines, through the emotional healing work, through podcast episodes, or through random just journaling sessions that I'd had, I was like, let me just slow down and kind of turn back the pages and read through some of this stuff and revisit it. Because when you revisit it, you tend to connect dots in ways that you may not have done before. And that gets you to write more things or to ask more questions or to research more. So I, I started to do that. And as I started to type up some of the stuff I was thinking as I was reading, it, I was like, hang on, this is turning into something a bit more than just a, a short piece of work or a, or a post on Instagram. There's, there's a lot more to explain here. And I really want to explore this feeling. I'm getting a feeling to write more. So I began doing that more and more. And all these pages started to come together on Word. It was very messy, but all started to come together on Word. And then um, I started playing around with the words very creatively because I didn't want to just write a self-help book with like 10, 10 steps to this or whatever it was. For me, I felt like I want to express it 
in a very creative way. Short stories and poetry became my route to doing that. And I had fun writing it. And what ended up happening was I realized that all the work that I'd done and the things I was talking about fell into five categories, which are the chapters of the book. So the first one is, who am I? And that's all around identity. Um, who am I without the education that I have, without my name, without my race, without my parents, without the experiences I've had, without my memories? So it's really exploring what is the actual answer to the question, who am I? Because there's so many different answers at surface level, but I kept removing all the answers to see how far can I go out? How, how much can I peel back the onion? So that's the first one. And the second one uh, was trauma. So looking at my, my story around all of those um, darker emotions and healing from that. And then um, love in all of its forms, love in terms of self-love, love in terms of love for source, love in terms of a relationship and then love in terms of um, a mother and son's relationship. So a mother's, a mother's love. And then the fourth one was purpose. And this was a big one for me because I was always asking the question to the universe, like, what, what am I meant to be doing here? What's this all for? Why am I here? What does this mean? When I'm, when are the dots going to connect? So it's exploring that. And the fifth one is death. So looking at not just ego death and physical death, but, eternal death what, do, what does that mean when a, a, a death um a, like um a death of a version of the self happens mm. right so it's not just the physical death when the when the spirit leaves the body it's the multiple deaths that happened the transformation throughout your journey exactly so looking at that um so yeah it's it's interesting so it's it's, it's about 300 pages ended up writing quite a lot but it's it's made for someone who is seeking for answers beyond what they're from what they're getting right now but also they don't have to sit and read chapter by chapter you can just flick pick up a page and just allow that page to be digested and it could be you might find something that's two sentences you might find a short story that's two pages so it's, it's really made for anyone that's seeking for answers beyond what they're finding right now and of course they can get it on amazon i suppose and i love the creative yep. uh, uh the creative uh, appeal of the book uh, because we're so used to like self-help books i mean i love self-help books but I, I also find it so freeing sometimes when i just read something creatively but also i get to learn something from it too so people thank you so much for coming onto the podcast can you tell everyone where they can get in touch with you Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been amazing. So the best place to find me is Instagram at Vipul Vasanya. Um, that's the page where I share the most. Um, at Know Your Legacy is where I share uh, stuff about my podcast. And then my website, www.vipulvasanya.com, uh, which is going to be updated with a lot more new content um, in the next few months. Yes. And of course, all the links will be available for you in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. Thank you for listening to the Lit Up Lightworker podcast. Before you go, make sure to grab your free workbook to find your life purpose at georgelizas.com forward slash life purpose.